I don't know. We'll just we'll figure it out as we go. Um, Start with the story. We're both we're creative people. Well, not only just creative people, we're both talented people because we are Scene Magazine winners. <gasps> we are both Scene Magazine winners. In the same room. Finally. So much Two in the same in room. room. I don't know that they're having an awards ceremony this year. I hope they are. Do they normally? They do. Normally, oh, shit. and they, they get you get your little trophy and everything, but oh. I, I don't know if it's happening. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of hope they don't. I don't want to go to that. I, I just that'd be so awkward for me. I don't think I'd enjoy that. If I go, I plan to like bring a drag queen as my date. Take and, like, Peach Fuzz. What? Take Peach Fuzz. Oh her. Oh her. <laughs> What's wrong with her? No, she I love great. Peach Fuzz. No, I love I love Peach Fuzz. I, I might take Peach Fuzz if I go. Just like, no, that's Chrissy, my you sis. Have to stay home. No, yeah, no. I just I want to work. I want to work the red carpet with a queen like that. <laughs> that's like I've been wanting to do that forever. So it might it might happen. We'll see. Ta- if I'm the- just gonna take some random. If I, I if which I won't go, but if I did, I would just take some random person and never address it. Like who is this? Like this is Kyle. You just <laughs> literally grab someone like off of like the RTA and just be like, "Hey, bro, do you want to yeah. come with me?" To no, this is like, Kyle. He works at the Chipotle on Detroit. Yeah. He just got off of work. Yeah, good guy. <laughs> totally, good guy. totally. Real big fan. Oh well, congrats to you, man. That's Congratulations. Yes, no, thank you. As you as you well. Two categories for you though. Two. Well, I I I won the one, and I was a uh, a lovely fourth alternate. For the other, <laughs> you won the the singing or the I actor? won best best actor, actor. this okay. year, um, and then I was like a, a, a finalist for best male vocalist. That's pretty sweet. There were some good people in that category too. Every every year, there's great people. There's some very good under I, I the amount of musicians I've had. I've been at a lot of musicians on here, maybe like six or seven, mm-hmm. but it's it's amazing. The, the amount of talent level that's in Cleveland. It really, really is. Yeah. And now that I'm surprised by it, I'm just surprised that there's that much in, like, a just kind of that I've even come across, truthfully. Because there's yeah. so many, and everyone that I've come across, like, Taylor's fantastic. Free Black is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, Karen Spear is fantastic. Yeah. Like, all these. And I am keep coming across more and more, especially as I'm come. Ah, fuck, I'm sorry. Uh, Anthony came in today. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to just get right into it. We were just gonna go. You. It's we fine. No, I'm there. I'm nameless. Hello, yeah. my name is Nameless. Nameless. Anthony Nameless. Oh man. Of the, of the the Cleveland Nameless. The actor musician. He's the Jared Leto of Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I was just watching Morbius. <laughs> oh my god. Talk about love language. That is. I was just watching oh. Morbius, like a, a Jared Leto movie, and it's mm. one of those things where I really want to like Jared Leto more than I do. I just can't get there, man. Bro, like he in House of Gucci. Let me tell you, I have not watched yet, but I've heard it's very good. Oh, I mean, he was good, but I mean, no, no. Okay, listen. Every film that he's done, I think he's wonderful and amazing. But his Italian accent. As the son of Italian immigrants, I found very offensive. He sounded like the most like, was <laughs> like the most terrible, like the most terrible like um, imitation of the stereotype of what like an Italian accent. It's a is family supposed. guy accent. Hello, what do you do? Like, like, and I'm like, literally talk to my mom and dad, talk to my like CEO or my CEO, and see how they talk, and they don't sound like that. That sounds like Mario. Ooh, that's that's a uh, that's a very well. That's an actor thing, though. It, it, and when I say that, I mean that's a 
That's a celebrity actor thing. So when you're booking House of Gucci, mm-hmm. more often than not, because of the budget, Netflix, that's a Ryan Murphy one too, isn't it? Is it? I can't tell. I feel oh, like sure. I feel like ninety percent of Netflix is Ryan Murphy at this point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's the it's um they're like all right celebrity first let's get some names and then let's hopefully the dialect coach can clean that shit up and uh, it's almost always never because I've seen so many I I'm oh did you ever see Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio No I could not fucking place what he was fading in and out of accents I could not understand what was <laughs> happening like fucking Madonna. <laughs> It's just, it's it, everything. I'm just like, what are you, what is he, why does he keep, ah, this is so fucking dumb. Uh, and then other movies where it's just the entire, it's, it's like, the, oh, like Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can we not find anyone that even has a German accent, let alone the fact that no one's even speaking German? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to kill Hitler. I'm like, that's exactly how you sounded in Top Gun. <laughs> Dude. But that's just what it is. This is funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think yeah, these accents are just like madness. It's madness. Can you do any outside of Italian? Which is cheating because you're Italian. I mean, I can do southern. I could do a good country slang drawl. Give me a oh, like a sling blade. Give me a sling blade. Well, what's that? Give me a sling blade. A sling blade. Yeah. I don't. What is that? The movie Sling Blade. Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, no. That's an over the top. I got nothing. That just went right over my head. You don't know what that is? I can't say that I do. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to music. <laughs> I'm sorry. I failed. I'm like, I won Best Actor, but I just failed that well, conversation. You won Best Actor. You don't sling blade. It's what Billy sling... Bob Thornton won an Oscar for. I mean, I'm sure that at some point I might have come across, but no, I didn't. I'm sorry. Okay. I failed you on this. No, it's okay. You didn't fail me. I feel like you failed yourself. Oh. The, uh... I can make it right. I will make it right. Good. Anyway, congrats on the acting, even though you clearly don't watch movies. Well, maybe that's what helps <laughs> maybe you Maybe it's because I'm too busy on stage. That's true. Did that ever occur to you? You're too busy. You're too busy. <laughs> yeah. You're an actor. No, I watched... <laughs> um, what the hell? We watched... Last night, we watched... Well, we started to watch the Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix, which was... Uh, I got through it. I felt like I was doing something wrong just by watching it. Oh, my God, man. I was... We only got, I think, like episode six or something. And um, and then we... But before it, we watched Hocus Pocus 2. So that oh, was, nice little palate cleanser. That, yeah, exactly. So that was fun. And then after we finished watching that, we we, we just reverted back to an episode of Shit's Creek just to cleanse the palate. Ah, oh, the best. Yeah. I still go back to that. I, that's never something that's going to get tired for me. No, they need to do a movie. They need to do a movie. I heard they this. Would, so that's, that's one where, like, for me, it's a... Like, you know how, like, Arrested Development waited way too fucking long, and mm-hmm. then it's just, you're like, this is dumb. I agree. They got to do that, and they got to capitalize now. Not because I would not, like, if they did a Chitch Creek movie in 10 years, I'd still watch it, but they got to, I just think they got to do it now, because I, I, that's what I think hurt Arrested Development so much, is we all just wanted it too bad for so long, and then it came out, we're like, ah, they shouldn't have done that. They should have done And then it. we all just changed our minds, like, nah, I we should have I mean, they should have already been in production, like, they, this should have happened already, just, I mean, honestly, if we're talking about striking when the iron is hot, like, they won all their Emmys, like, what, two years ago now at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, I mean... It's Shit's Creek, like it's it'll it's a classic. So hopefully, I think that I know they are having conversations about it, but they should. Anyway, I would watch a hundred percent. Yeah. So, so. <clears throat> you've been pretty busy since the last time you're, which is in June. So June, June. July, August, so by almost four or five months. Five months. I tell you what, man, it does not seem like that long, but four it months. was that long because it was June the last time you were. June, on. yeah, and whatever. It was at, it was uh, the final when I was closing rent. Yes, and which was amazing. Thank you. Sure. And uh, 
yeah, we loved it. It was wonderful. It was magical. And then, and then, I mean, after that, it just, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, hit, hit kind of a sad, sad period. Cause then that's normal. Uh, when with actors, once the show is over, you know, you become very close and then it's over and then it's over and then you're sad and you miss everybody and you, you know, you live in an alternate universe for three months and then it goes away and it's just like, man, but, but then it's like, okay, get your, sh wake up, get your shit together. So for me, it was like, get back in the studio, finish the new song, start releasing music. So I put out my first, my first single with my buddy. Well, it was released independently of my, as me, as Anthony Cavada, but it was produced by my friend, Britton Roberts, Britton Roberts, who I actually was trying to get to come here today with me so he could play for me because he's. Oh, that'd have been cool. He's. Oh my God. I didn't get enough pizza though, so. Oh well, we're fine. It was part my <laughs> part of my rider today, ladies and gentlemen, was that I, I wanted a pizza. He required pizza. Honestly, I don't understand why more people don't say things like that to me. I was actually kidding for the record. I was like, he's like, do you have, you know, I have, do you want to come on? And I was like, I'd love to. I was like, as long as you get some pizzas. And I was kidding because literally we were talking about getting pizza at the moment. So it was kind of part of what I was doing at that second. And this guy actually got a pizza. But I couldn't hear that, that, that inflection that you just demonstrated kidding. in an Instagram message. I'm not going to, I'm not going to force you to buy pizza, but I'm not sorry Fuck no, when you it. said that, I was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to get pizza. Because it was I told delicious. my wife and she thought it was a great idea. Yeah. She's like, let's get Angelo's. <laughs> let's get Anthony some Angelo's and then we'll all win. And it was, it was wonderful. I did profile you there too. When I was like, well, he's Italian. I can't, like, we're not, we can't get Papa John's. <laughs> And I was oh like, Angelo's, you know, that's a, that's a Lakewood staple. Angelo sounds very Italian, even though I've never met him. And, uh, yeah, <sighs> we'll go, we'll go ahead with that. One of my best off. friend's name is Angelo. Well, I'm, I have several cousins named Angelo. So, you know, it gets perfect. It all works. There you go. Yeah. So I know you, so you said that, so you finished with rent and so you, you don't have anything acting wise in the, in the, the fire right now, or you just focus on music. Well, no, I actually, I do. I'm, I'm starting filming on meet the movie. Um, very soon, uh, this, this month in October, we're starting filming uh, nine days. So I have nine days to shred. You'll get there. It's fine. Doing great. Glad we got pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and should have just got creatine. <laughs> <laughs> just, I would have just walked into like a cup of powder and just been like, here you go. And like, oh. Make you stand for the entire episode. I'd be like, okay. No, just I'm do just squats. Gonna... Blow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm still uncomfortable ordering cocaine at Angelo's. Oh my god, <laughs> you're so bad. Oh my sorry, god, naughty. Sorry, sorry. He's so naughty, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, so, so yeah, so we got Meet the Movie coming up. Um, so that's awesome. And you know, I you know, for the record, with the Scene Magazine win, like I I I know I'm not the best actor in Cleveland. <laughs> like I know I've worked with some of them. Okay, I, but I will say this: I busted my ass last year. I did White, a play, which is a really challenging play that I had to do last. I mean, I chose to do, and I was very glad to do it. It was a big challenge for me. It was 81 pages of dialogue. I fucking three and a half weeks to learn it and i'm dyslexic fuck that so oh. it was it was a challenge and then i did rent and you know like i threw myself into that um so i, I just feel like you know it's not just about your skill level although i know i'm pretty good at what i do i just i just want to say like i've worked with some of the best actors in the city and like truly like they've helped me sort of forced me to evolve and grow as an actor so that so that was really it was wonderful to win 
something. Well, you know, I, and I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. Um, well, because I no, I do. I, so I, I think when, when something like that happens, it's not necessarily because I've seen some people kind of and maybe more in like the restaurant and like where, where people get fucking really shitty. I actually started putting out uh, on my stories people who I was voting for and I stopped doing it. Because people were responding to me and fucking getting really combative. <laughs> you know, I was just like, hey, man, you know, my opinion, best pizza, El Rion. And people are losing their fucking minds. Pizza for sure. That was a that was a bad one. And then I'm like, best brewery, I think it's Noble Beast. I'm getting messages. And I'm just like, guys, it's a fucking opinion. Also, most of the things I was voting for, people couldn't understand that I was supporting the past guests. <laughs> and uh, and honestly, I, I did it for a day. I did probably 15 of them. And my plan was to do it for like another two or three days. Just everyone go through the whole list. Yeah. Nonprofits, all my friends, all past guests, people I really, really like and get yeah. behind. Yeah, yeah. It got too fucking combative. But I think the thing with yours, and when I say you're not giving yourself enough credit is uh, and when you say no i'm not one of the best actors i work with those people that's i think a reason why people voted for you because it's not just the performance it's the person that's giving the performance i mean it resonates with people not just you on stage but you off stage um that's my opinion I, I think that with a lot of people that's the way that it is um, but then other ones I just think are really, really good. I do think – I thought you were great. You were talking about just memorizing 81 pages of dialogue. When I was watching you, and I, I couldn't remember the line you said prior to the line you were saying. I can't imagine being on stage, learning and knowing all those things, and then you know acting it out. I'd yeah. be so terrified about just forgetting what I'm supposed to say, yeah. let alone – performing it well where it was believable yeah, yeah i mean that's that's things that i think people like me that have never been in that i i think uh it's lost and will ever will forever be lost on them i just think that uh you should give yourself more credit thank you you're a very very good actor and i think also being that you are also a musician i think that dual role really helps you too i know and oh my gosh it's um it's been i just love dude i I love to be on stage. I, I've always said, and I, I think I might have said this the last time I was here, I'm my best self when I'm playing someone else. Yeah. I'm the best Anthony that I can be when I'm not me. Playing Brandon. <laughs> when I'm playing Mark. Hey, man, that's a nice release. When I'm, uh, Are you kidding me? That, that When I say, like, you know, we were in a different world, and, I mean, it affects, it affects every level of your of your choices and the, the things that you're doing, like your world becomes like, for me, as far as I was concerned, I was like literally in rehearsal process with my cast for three months where we were all living in New York city in the early 1990s. <laughs> it was just, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And when I was doing white, it was the same way when I was at convergence continuum doing that play white, um, you know, my character's name was Gus, and he was like super, like uh, vapid kind of. He wasn't vapid. He was he was he was not dumb. He was just uh, he was very privileged, and he wasn't aware of his privilege. I think he was oblivious to his own privilege, and uh, and uh, you know, that... which can be argued as a form of dumb. And, yeah, and, and when I, and dumb's a harsh word. It, it probably more. Ignorance, because you know experience ignorance. and where you're coming from. Yeah, if you don't experience certain things, you can come off you have ignorant. No idea. You just don't know about but it. But you know what? I think that the, the, 
the the evolution of language is so important. You know, I remember when I was a kid when I when somebody used to say the word ignorant, I just thought it was it just meant you were the dumbest person in the world. I'm sure you grow up and you learn the actual meaning of things, but uh, and that's like you're one just lost its meaning. So truthfully. Right. that one has but, that 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 where the word ignorant gets thrown around. Like if so, that just people say that just when they disagree with you now. But ignorance is not like yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like somebody can't be educated on something. It's not like you know you. But when somebody is willfully ignorant, you know that's that's the issue. That's when somebody's like, no, uh, that's not the thing, and you have no idea, and my way is correct, and you, I can't possibly evolve to yeah. my thought process to change. And that's what I mean by that. that the yeah. word ignorant has has kind of lost its meaning, where it's it's a it's a default response when someone doesn't agree with you. Right. It's like, no, you're ignorant. Like, why am I ignorant? I'm coming. This is literally my experience that we're talking about. You're it's ignorant. Like, yeah, your How am experience. I ignorant? My own experience. You right, know. Right. 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 No, I live there. I'm from there. I lived it. Ignorant. That's what I mean. That, that about it's losing its <laughs> right, right, totally. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He was, he was, a, he was a, he was a privileged artist, and he didn't realize the benefits of being who he was and how he was able to sort of like grow uh, his career because of who he is and what he looked like and who he knew and the money that he came from and all these things. Like he didn't really understand that those are all advantages that you have. And that other artists might not have those advantages. So it was very that. It was very cool. And I was actually reluctant to play that role because I was like, I don't really want to play somebody this fucking dumb. But then I I, I got, you know, I got into it and I, I wanted to find a way to make him care, like somebody that you could ultimately care for. But there were parts of it where, like, I was like, God, I'm embarrassed just to read these lines. I'm embarrassed, and I think a part of me was like reluctant yeah. to learn them because I was so, I was struggling so hard in some of the stupid shit that he, that I had to say. Well, so in so front of an audience, that that's a very interesting point, especially in terms of when you're thinking about someone like me, who's on the receiving end of these performances. Yeah. So I'm right in the middle. I just started the show Succession. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Not yet. So th- there is a. It's a basically. It's. I'm not giving anything away, but either way. The actors on it are so unlikable, and the characters are so unlikable. And then by the end of the third episode, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I fucking hate that guy. And my wife's like, yeah, he's a really good actor. Like, those things that you don't want, like, I doubt they want to play somebody this horrible. Yeah. But that's somebody that's really, really good. The one that always sticks out to me is uh, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you ever watched Game of Thrones. Yeah, a little bit. But a lot of the, the, the actors that were on that show would make comments about, like, that guy gets fucking hate because he's so hateable on the show. And they're like, he's the sweetest kid. <laughs> but he's so good at that role. You just, you see him and you just fucking hate yeah. him. So, I mean, to that, it's, I understand that. But that's a, if you're able to do that and someone's like, Jesus Christ, that character was so dumb. To me, that's like, that guy's really, really good. If I believe he was that stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. I mean... I am a white presenting artist. I, I know I look Caucasian. I'm, I'm, my dad is from Argentina. My mother is from Italy. So I never really identified as a white boy, white boy. But uh, Old Italian doesn't count. That gets lumped into white. Just I, mean, I know. Yeah. When you check the boxes. Like I'm Irish, but I'm not like, I, I, there's no scholarship for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Well, um, we don't deserve one. <laughs> 
Us Irish guys don't deserve a scone. No, you We're don't. fucking stupid. It's a waste of money. <laughs> Why don't you have another one of those beers in the fridge? Oh, those are lovely beers that you have, actually. Every single one of them is wonderful. Hey, carefully selected for guests. Uh, he knows I like an IPA, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, Stocked up. I've, I've got them all. But um, <laughs> pizza and IPAs, it's a really happy Sunday. Pizza, IPAs, music, acting, discussions. Discussions. Amazing. Feelings. Amazing. Um. Yeah, don't remember what we were talking about. Nor do I. Lost. It. Uh, we were talking about the uh, the Irish scholarship that we were going to start. <laughs> Why would? Yeah, sure. No, <laughs> I would. I would fund just you proposing that the. Oh yeah. Okay. Remember, I these was, underprivileged I, I, Irish kids. Like I'm a white presenting <laughs> artist, so yeah. like I related to the character on that level, right? So, but I think the difference is between me and gus my character was that he was oblivious to his privilege i'm very aware of the privilege that i carry i'm aware of it you well, know that's, what I mean? so you take you, you talk about that bringing that to to roles like mm-hmm. to, to a different role that you pick what about on the music side like is your there are artists that are very personable uh-huh. in terms of the way that they are presenting their songs like some of them it's a no-brainer what they're talking about it's just a straight up love song relationship breakup things like that yeah and then when you think about other ones that are like like abnormally abstract like like if you're thinking of uh the one that stands out to me is like tool like maynard mm-hmm. he is i mean his are a lot there's a lot of comedy in his writing sure he's telling weird stories that he's making up where do you fall in that? I, or does it really just depend on the time that you're writing a song? Yeah. Just the, the time? The latter. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, it's, 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 always, it's, it's, uh, it's always about where I'm at, what I'm going through, what, you know. I often write about love and feelings. I often write about death, um, losing people. That's what resonates. This is the things I go through. I, yeah. I'm one of those artists that have a, I have a hard time writing when I'm not sad. If I'm in a good mood, God, I sounded so Cleveland just then. We're no, not sad. That, that's a very that. Oh, that the way you said it. Yeah. yeah. But no, that's a very that is something that a lot of people that are interviewing like like artists, a lot of them say like, hey, once you fall in love and have a family, does it make it harder to yeah. write songs? Yeah, I mean, it. it, it that, but that there's. You know, you could search to find other things to write about. That's why, I, like, when I grew up, I grew up idolizing artists like Lauren Hill and Ani DeFranco and, you know, these power song writers because of their, first of all, the cleverness and the witty, which I feel, as a writer, I've evolved really, especially recently, been working with so many great artists, have so many cool collabs coming up that I, I'm gonna, we'll talk about, but I... I I'm so excited because I feel like I'm finally in my music career getting to a point where I'm like, I'm writing, I'm writing better than ever. Like, I feel like my writing has evolved to a better place. Now, when you say writing better, is that quantity, quality, a mix of both or is it, or is it the structure? It's actually both. Uh, I've written more songs in the past year, let's say, than I have in years prior to it. That's one. Um, and, and years prior to it, I had sort of laid down songs that I'd had written for quite some time. But in the past year, I've had this sort of, uh, I don't know what happened. It just like, it just started to click. And I honestly accredit it to my collaborations, working with various artists who are so amazing. Britton Roberts, most recently, I'm going to be working with Michael McFarland, my, my appearance. 
excuse me, my appearance on the show Happy Hours um, with George Chase, you know, I've put myself in these situations where I'm having the opportunity to write with awesome musicians and it sort of upped my I upped sure. my game in terms of like my 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 writing. I'm I'm letting things come out that I'm like, holy crap, like me and Michael McFarland just wrote a song the other night in like four hours and it was wonder and it's wonderful and I can't wait to lay it down. So good, so great, so clever, so many witty lines, and that's the stuff that I'm after. Is like this witty sort of introspective, like um, analogies, metaphors. Like Ani DeFranco is famous for like these metaphors. Like she's just so brilliant. You know, do Dave Matthews? Same. He's you know a lot of people don't love Dave. I love Dave because my sister loved him, and I think there's a lot of a connection between my sister and Dave Matthews for me. But she uh, she got me going to him and listening to him, and it's these analogies that I love. So, I, I think that's the well. So you mentioned uh, uh, well, you mentioned a couple of different things there. First, the happy hour sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I just became kind of familiar with this probably in the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, everyone, please check that out. It really kind of highlights a lot of very good, talented musicians, just like Anthony, w- yeah. where they're actually essentially, and we, we can get more into that experience with you later. But you're essentially just getting together, having some drinks, and you're writing a song right there as the. In an episode, you're writing in a song like that. In three hours, essentially, we super easy. We write, we we drink a <laughs> bottle of vodka, and we write a song. And um, I was nervous. I I think as you watch my episode, you can definitely. It was a. It was. A, I was nervous. I was nervous. And um, well, it's a lot of pressure, regardless of your experience level. Yeah, it's I, an episode to write a song. Yeah, and there's like cameras in your face, and um, and we're talking about personal things, and uh, you know, and and for me, like my song, like when we finished the show, my song actually wasn't done. <laughs> um, what they ended up airing was like not. It, it's you know so, but that song that we wrote, we're gonna lay it down, we're gonna release it, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, it's done. You know, and it's better than ever. But I think the, you know, there are so many things I could nitpick about myself in that episode. You know, everything from the way that I looked, from the way that I spoke, the way the things that I opened up about. Like this, if you're an artist, you're, you're an artist. Self-conscious about everything that you talk about when you're doing these projects. Like that, I would just like I would like not leave the house because you know I'm not even. But I'm not even going to go there because the point of the show is to show you the songwriting process behind the scenes, what it's like for a writer in the studio with another co-writer coming up with a song. That's the, sh- that's the point of the show to show the good, the bad and the ugly, the stuff that sounds beautiful. There's a moment in the show where George is just fiddling on the guitar and I just start like humming along. And I think in that moment you can really see like, wow, this is a really beautiful moment. Just this moment right here. And then the next second, I'm like, like singing like this terribly off key and just like, and then like, but that's part of it. That's, you know, and that's the beauty of the ugliness is the beauty of the song writing process. Wow. That was deep. No, no. It was incredibly accurate. So the thing that, uh, um, the other thing about that, that I I don't know if you even realize being someone that's actually watching it and, and it's something that. If I'm ever able to do, I'd like it if it can't happen on like when I'm doing episodes here is that the reason that like these are a little bit longer is because you want the personality to come out. And 
when you're doing what you're talking about on the happy hour sessions mm -hmm. is that your personality does come out and not necessarily like who you are, like who you, you know, how you grew up and things like that, but it's how you're handling, handling the creative process, how you're handling things that maybe aren't going the way you want it to go. Yeah. Like those are the things that I think stick out too, not just the end product, but the process to the end product and not just the musical process to the end product, right. the person on the way to the end product. Yeah. Yeah. The I think audience, that comes out a lot. From I feel like with my episode, we got the audience got a lot of content that you know is super. First of all, super relatable. Um, Can you shift back? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> How dare you? I want you to be. I, thought, no, it's, um, I, I think I feel like uh, during my episode that the audience got super relatable content from me. Um, and from George as well, we both sort of opened up about our experiences and talked, you know, we had a very, you know, I, there were no tears, but there was definitely certainly some close, close moments to tears, but there was also a lot of fun and laughter and then some frustration. I mean, yeah, you, you get frustrated during a songwriting process, but especially an expedited song. It's like you, we need to do a song. We need to write one right now. Go. Well, see, you know, I, 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 that's what I mean about your, your personality, too, because obviously you knew what the plan was going into that. Mm -hmm. So now you have some nerves, I think, to a degree going into that. Yeah. Pressure going into that. Sure. Because you also, on the creative side, you want the end product to be good, but you also want it to be like, hey, you know what? Everyone's going to hear this end product, and I'm hoping they're going to listen to my other products and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's, again, why... It, it all some of the the moments, and not even I'm not even talking about you. Any of the other episodes that I've watched, where it's not that it's uncomfortable, but you can tell almost in the look on the faces of the guests where there's there's stress. Yeah, where they're like, I don't want this to be. I don't want to just shit out a song to put it out for this episode. I, I love the opportunity to be on this, but at the same time, I'm still an artist and I want to put out a good product. A that, good that, song, and not a. And when I say product, I. I don't think that's necessarily the right word, but it's the one I've used like 10 times. Like the, 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 the finished, you know, whatever it might be, whatever you want to call it, because it's, it's an artistic process and you want oh, yeah. to be, you want to stand behind that. I mean, you as a songwriter, uh -huh. I mean, how many hundreds of songs have you written? And you're just like, no, I'm just not, it's just not there. And until and it's where I want it to be, it's not going. You just throw them in the recycling bin. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, if it's... you've, if you've released 50 songs, you've thrown out 200. Right. Um, Absolutely, hundred percent, and uh, you know, and I, I remember I was talking to one of the uh, APs, I believe, on the on the uh, on the on the show um, before it came out. For those of you not in the biz, that's associate producer. Yeah, is and it? I, I wasn't really sure. I'm pretty sure that's okay, correct. Cool. All right, um, and uh, <laughs> I think that's what his job is there. And um, you know, his name's Dominic. Nice kid, young kid, uh, very great, smart guy. And he, 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 I said, how how did the episode turn out? You know, and he was like, he said exactly how I felt, which was interesting because like in that moment, I didn't know how to take it when he said that to me. It was like he said. Uh, your episode's awesome. Like the content of the episode is really good. You know, it almost eclipses the song. And I was like, and I didn't take it personally. And I don't think you should. Because after, I mean, at first I, I kind of did, right? Because I got a version of the song uh, in MP3 form that is cut up. 
So we take out a lot of the embellishments and the like, oh, like just singing because I don't know what the words are yet. <laughs> so we cut You're all that the melodies. Up. So yeah, we have yeah. a song that's actually more completed and put together in the MP3 form. So that's what I was accepting, expecting to be on the show. So when I saw what was on the show, it was actually different than what I was expecting it to be. So I was a little confused when he said that, but I was like, that's okay. We'll just wait and see what happens. Don't, don't be, don't be worried about it. You know, I trust, I trust George. I trust the process. Like, let's just go for it. And I do, and I absolutely do and respect them all and you know, appreciate everything. And I know that they were not, you know, they were going to do me justice, do the process justice. So they put out the show and then, you know, either, and then I remembered this take, you know, because we, I mean, I'm not going to lie, we, we did a couple of takes, and then, um, of the of the song itself, and uh, I, it was a little bit, like, I was kind of like, okay, now I see what Dominic was saying, I see what he's saying, like, the episode content is awesome, but the song, in its final format, like, when you hear it at the end of the song, at the end of the show, you can definitely tell it's not done yet, it's not yeah. a done song, it's not complete, but... It's, you know, it was enough to complete the episode and, and again, to show the songwriting process. So in four hours, this is where we ended up. Now, is that the finished product? No, but everybody will get to hear that soon. And it's, it really is. A, it's, a, it's a wonderful concept for a song. So I'm excited to lay down what it turned out to be. So I understand your hesitation with that comment. I do. Yeah. I truly, truly do. Not being, I'm not a musician, or at least I'm a, I'm a reformed one and i was bad to begin with <laughs> but i understand why it gives you hesitation when you hear that like, because at the end you're just like you didn't like the song like you heard you didn't like the song as much as something else yeah but the purpose of my opinion the purpose of this is to showcase the songwriting process not necessarily a perfect the song yes exactly and i think as musicians we are so hellbent you're you're thinking about the product yeah i'm putting out the perfect you know the most perfect form of whatever it is that you're you know and and i'm a i'm a stickler like i'm the i'm the artist that like i'm with the producer hovering like a helicopter right next to them through yeah. most of the process, trying to make sure that every nuance that's in that number, oh my gosh, in that song, that <laughs> the 11 o'clock number, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, that it's perfect, that I get everything that I want out of it, you know? So relinquishing control is not easy. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we got to learn to not, do it. It's not. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone w w would pretend it would be a anyone, regardless of the realm that they're in. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't want to people don't want to relinquish control in their art, in their work, no. in their life because it's 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 disarming. You're vulnerable. You don't like most people, for the most part, do not like not being in somewhat kind of a control. Absolutely. But yeah, that's a yeah. As soon as you said that and you started going and you hesitated, I knew why. But you're approaching it. Correctly, by the way, yeah. you're approaching it differently than I can. I am yeah. the consumer. You are the artist. So mm -hmm. I want to see. I definitely want to hear the end song, but yeah. I want to see how you got there. You're more focused at the end already because you're like, that's what's important to you as the artist. And we're so completely used to, understandable. Absolutely. Too. And we're so used to putting out the perfect completed product. Yes. And that nobody gets to see that back, that back, that process. I think that's why it's such but an that's, interesting That's what's concept. so important about it. Yeah. So George was like really on the money with this concept, um, coming up with this concept of like, hey, let's get a little tipsy. Let's 
let's write a song. By the way, that's key, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it is too. You know what I mean? I think it's. I do yeah. because it loosens you up. It loosens you up, man. It sure does. I mean, but I, 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 I really do. And that's, again, when I saw you, because obviously I follow you, but when I saw you and then the other artists, because then I started looking at the other artists yeah. too, because it's something that, I mean, I think people that can't, you know, the, it's the whole, the people that can't do. You know, they're fascinated with the things they yeah. can't do. And who the hell, who doesn't want to be in a band or an artist or a singer or yeah. an actor? It's a cool, glamorous, mm. you know, it, it, it's just, it's, everyone loves that and they hate that they can't do it. If someone's like, oh, you're an accountant, that's cool, I can't do that. No one gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're like, oh, you're an artist, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, you play guitar, you play piano, Jesus, I wish I could do one of the four things that I just mentioned right. and I can't do any of them and you're doing all four. It's cool. And then they like seeing and hearing about that. Like, I love music documentaries i love i used to really love behind the music on vh1 me too oh, yeah, i, love I just show. i loved it because one it was bands that i really loved and actually it was bands that i wasn't that into then watched and then i explored more because now i'm hearing their personalities and i'm hearing yeah. them i'm hearing yeah. stories i'm hearing yeah. processes then i start getting into it more i yeah. that that's why i think that's it's really really cool it was it was a really cool experience i'm really glad i got to do it and uh, i'm glad that the you know that i God, I'm just learning. I'm learning to like let go, man. You gotta. I, I, I can't control it. I can't control what people see, think, feel. It doesn't. And and at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. And I think that that's the one thing that I'm learning, as a as a man, as an artist, as a, a business professional, in every capacity of my life. I you have to learn to just kind of like let go and let God just kind of just let go. It's a thing that we all have to. It's a and struggle. It's the hardest thing to fucking yeah. do. It's just it to to not. It's not even necessarily going with the flow. Mm -hmm. It's I think just it's and it comes time. It comes with age. Yeah. It comes with experience. Yep. It comes with every single passing day where you're just like. Sometimes you just gotta fucking say it ain't my fucking fault. I can't control that. I can just worry. Here are the things I can worry about over here. If they like it, if they absorb it, if it works out, awesome. If not. What am I going to do? Spend the rest of my day worrying about people that did, maybe didn't take it the way I wanted them to. Right. I mean, you can lose your goddamn mind doing that. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and you no would. <laughs> I would. Yeah. And I did for years. You know, I worried so much about what everybody thought. And, you know, part of me still does. Uh, I want to I just maintain a certain, like, like, level of just, like, I don't want anybody to think this or this or this. And then it's like. It's pointless. Well, it doesn't go like it, there's never a time where it goes away. In my opinion, it's never going to go away completely, especially for a creative type. You're never just going to be like, hey, man, I washed my hands of that and I'm good to go. Right. You know, there's going to be days where it's better, days where it's not. And fucking dogs. I hear doggies. Every episode you hear dogs. You know, I love Either that. walking up and down the stairs or just barking. I love it. But they're keeping us safe. That's what's important. Um, but yeah, you. Uh, it's never going to, man. Like tomorrow, you might tomorrow you might obsess about something like that, yeah. and then Tuesday and Wednesday you're gonna be completely chill, yeah. and you're like, I can't believe I obsessed about it. And then Thursday you're gonna be right back to obsessing about the thing about Monday that you thought you were okay with Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, that's just the way it is, man. It is what it is, yeah. and uh, you know. So this was a great exercise in that. So for anybody that's out there that has not seen Happy Hours sessions. Um, it's on YouTube and also you can check it out on the, uh, on Instagram. They have links to every episode and, um, 
features so many different artists from the area, from, from the Cleveland area, and uh, some really great local artists. And we all write a song in a couple hours with George Chase. So check it out, man. Yeah. You'll like it. Anthony's song was called Stairway to Heaven. I think you guys will really, really like it. It's really, it's about nine minutes. It's for for such a, a not even that long of an episode for them to come up with that. I thought it was pretty impressive. Yeah, but it's it was really like, good. So it was wonderful. Really, so just Google Stairway to Heaven. You'll find it. So what's up outside of something like this? So your normal songwriting process. Mm-hmm. So what like what is like? I know we've talked about relationships because you I. You mentioned you kind of maybe lean toward more the, I don't want to say a depressing like song, but like a sad love breakup. Mm, Is that more like your realm? No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Well, you mentioned no. death. <laughs> and death. Like, yeah. um, yes. Um, okay. So <laughs> I said death. Yes. Um, no. Um. <laughs> Sorry if I read depressing into death. Oh, I'm just bad. crazy. <laughs> it's just me. Um, I write about what I'm going through and I write about what I want. I write about what I want people. I want like when you want somebody to do certain things or act a certain way and they don't do, you know, maybe perhaps lived up to your expectations and then there's that expectations thing again. And then I'll write about that. Um, so I just write about how I'm feeling and how things have made me feel, um, loss and inspiration a lot of it you know it might say like oh i wrote a song about death it's like no it's like maybe somebody passed that inspired the song and then i i wrote about you know why you couldn't see how wonderful you were to me you know like for my song set me free which i i was gonna play today but i might play it funny instead but like set me free is is about like why someone who i lost why couldn't they see how much they meant to me? You know, like, why couldn't you see your value in this world, you know? So, like, right now, you know, I've gone through a lot of that. Like, one of my good friends recently committed suicide, and it was uh, really hard, and the circumstances were really horrible, and, you know, we're talking, like, communication up to, like, the last hours. Um, So, talk about a mind fuck. Um, so like stuff like that, you know, taking, taking that experience and not necessarily writing about how sad that was, but more about like taking, try to take inspiration from it. Like how I'm going to live for you, how I'm going to, you know, hope that you, that you're, you're happy and wherever you are and you know, that kind of thing. So as much as I say like, yeah, I wrote about death. It's never that simple. It's never that no, I, I think yeah. I think the way you described it right yeah. there, I think is is a much better representation of your songs, your music, and really the things that kind of provoke you in a way to kind of write a song or to write some music is just that. Mm-hmm. And like you just mentioned it right there, even like taking in like like what can you take from Sunday to maybe make Monday a little bit better? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's exactly what it is. Which is a very hard thing to do. And a lot of people in practice like that, but in practice is not, but the songwriting maybe kind of helps you focus on those things. And almost is like a reminder to you, like when you hear your own work, like, ah, you know what? I'm not doing the thing that I wrote about. And maybe that can help you get back on track. hundred percent, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I never actually vocalized that. So that's pretty cool that you said that. I never really. Well, I'm the number one podcast in Cleveland. 
You are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so like you, pe- so many people like like relate to, to to music. They do. Like you know, I remember I had a really really hard year. Uh, I remember. It, I mean, I, I remember the year it was. You know, it was just it, the whole fucking year was terrible. It was garbage. It was two 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 thousand eighteen. I think I listened to four songs all year. Yeah, it's just yeah, but it, those are the ones that I just kept hitting repeat on, and those mm-hmm. are the things that kind of help you. And I think it, it kind of gets lost on again me a an uh, an observer or a consumer of other people's music like you, where you can do the same thing even with your own music, mm-hmm. like where to, and maybe even to a degree where it's even more helpful for you because. You're like, oh, you know, I can revisit something that I was. What was I thinking or feeling during that time? Yeah. And yeah. now I'm, you know, I'm. It's gonna help me get back on track. Just like it maybe can help someone else get back on. Track. Even with like my collaborations, like I did a song with Cardi Red Diamond, who's a, a local drag queen, and I mean, I don't even want to call her local anymore. I mean, this chick is this queen is just all over the place, and just I'm so proud of her. But she's also. A, a rapper and we did her first song together which was produced by Goshan Beats here locally in Cleveland and that song you know she wrote the, the her her rhymes and I wrote the hook for it and uh that was just about you know I, I like I'm gonna shine I'm gonna fly you, nobody can hold me down kind of vibe you know it was a very um inspirational kind of like go after your dreams don't let anybody hate. Don't let the haters, because you know a lot of people. You know, especially if you're doing your thing, people try to come for you. People try to point out the negative. Um, but again, d- not letting that affect you and moving on. And there's so many. There's so much positivity to come from that message. And um, so we did that song, and I did a song with Brittany Blazy, uh, another rapper, singing the hook. And it was again. It was in that moment. It was like saying like like be strong, follow your dreams, do your thing pursue your passions. And so whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling in that moment, that's like so important to sort of like when you sit down to write, that's what you should really just focus on is whatever it is that you're living through. Because if you try to like reach back, I think sometimes it's hard. Or if you try to like look too far forward, it's a little bit too, it's difficult to put that down, but you can talk about what you're doing right this second, what you're feeling right now and just be honest. Um, So that's, that's been my sort of, process but like i said the more that i collaborate the better i i feel like i'm getting at it so better at collaborating or just could this collaborating make you better at the whole process i feel like when i I mean by that yeah i feel like when i have somebody to play for me like if i have to focus on composition and writing now you're writing two you're you're double writing so that's you're writing you're composing music but you're also writing lyrics and so that's that's a little bit more challenging. I love when I have someone next to me who's playing a riff or like let's say I came up with a riff. I'm like, "Here's my riff that I came up with well a couple of days ago." And then, you know, they might have a couple of lines to start you off. Um and then and then from there it just for me it just goes. You know, normally if I have a riff already and somebody gives me a couple like couple words like that they that they take from it, it helps me. Um or other way around. If somebody else is playing, like it's so easy for me to go into a space of writing. When I just hear a riff, it's just that's all it takes. Um, and then, then, then there's other times where I just sit down with my guitar and it just comes out naturally. 
you know, I just, I, it's just, it's really weird. It's, it's never the same. It always changes, but there are similarities with every time that I write. So, well, I mean, if there was a way, I mean, if there was a formula to writing a song or writing a mm-hmm. good song, we'd all do it. Right. We'd no be like, oh, okay. I mean, this isn't like, a, okay, well, all right. So from nine to four, I'm, I'm writing songs today. Like that's a good idea in theory, but yeah. you could sit there until like noon and be like, I say nothing. <laughs> you right, know, it's right. a again, it's it's coming from something else. So I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's not like any other type of gig. It's just, yeah. it's just not totally. Yeah, and like you said, like if you're kind of playing off, like like for doing something like this, like podcasting, I'm going off what someone else is already doing. Yeah. So I actually can plan a time in a day. Right. You can't do that as much. Yeah. You can think about it, but I don't know if it'll go as well. Yep, totally. Well, at least not in terms of production. <laughs> right. You and might get a lot done on that. Tuesday and nothing done on Thursday. <laughs> exactly. And like, what we're learning, what I've learned, is during the songwriting process, like when me and Britton wrote our song, Don't Shut the Door, which I was talking about the last time I was here, and you were like, oh, I can't wait to hear it. You've heard it, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah you did. We messaged about it. Sorry. Um, and uh, I told you, I love it. I love that song, and... I just it means the world to me, and yeah. I've just noticed the songwriting process with Britain has been so great. He he he, but what what I've learned is is that every step of it is like rewriting, like so like everything down to the mixing. It's like we're you're composing while you're mixing. You know, every level of the songwriting process is a is a form of composition, of 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 uh, you know. Just it's a it's just it the the whole process is just so it's so complex anymore. But it's if you're doing it right, and you have patience, it'll turn out wonderful. So you got the key right there yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah, that patience because sometimes right. you just want to put it out. Well, you you're like you just want to finish it. You're like it's like ninety five percent. You're like oh, I want this out so bad. But yeah. I don't want to cut a corner. I want to make sure I want that other five percent to be just like the other ninety five. Especially when it's along the way is so good. So you're like, you see where it's going to go and you're like, okay, I know this is going to be so good if I just don't, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. And so like, that's the difference between me now as an artist versus perhaps me maybe like two or three years ago as an artist. I feel like that's something that I, as I've upped my game in, in terms of my cost of investment and what I'm doing and how much I'm paying to work with people and get what I want out of my music you know it doesn't it's not free um and and the more you invest in your dream the more you want it to be the end result to be exactly what you're what you're paying for sure. and so um and 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 to match what you put into it emotionally and everything as well and not just com- you know not just monetarily but also emotionally and mentally and the amount of work and all that stuff you want it to be worth it so you have more patience um, and then when it's done, it's like, oh, yes. So I have a couple songs coming up. I got a song called Get You, ba- Get you Back that I'm working on with Britain right now. And then the song with George coming up, um, um, You Are the Truth, that we wrote on Happy Hours, which will be released soon. I think the Happy Hours version of it is it's currently available on iTunes and everything. Um, and then my song with Michael McFarland is going to be coming out. Um, so we, I mean great collabs coming up man so yeah. i'm so excited about the music front right now no that's good man that's great yeah what are you listening to now um 
Ah, it was like, I, I, let's see. <laughs> Let me narrow it down. Like, like what, what were you listening uh, to on the way here? Um, on the or way. Were you a shuffle guy where it's not really planned? No, 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 no. I listened to a lot of like, I was listening to, um, this artist called Lyx earlier, who's a sort of like a EDM pop vibe. Uh, I was listening to the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack. Um, my nieces made me go to the, I'm going to say made me go because honestly, if I had found, um, if I had found Connor, Conan Gray, Conan Gray on my own, I would have loved. He is amazing. Actually, I'm not certain, I'm not certain what, what their pronouns are. So I'm just going to go by they, them. Um, they are amazing. They, that music is just like, so kind of like in my vein of like this acoustic sort of EDM pop vibe. Um, so Conan Gray, wonderful. Went to see the, went to see them at Jacob's Pavilion with my nieces and it was, it was a cute, it was very cute. Um, Ani DeFranco always, um, I listen to a lot of like EDM radio, pop radio. And of course I love to listen to the guiltless podcast. <laughs> Yes, obviously. I mean, that was a thank you for that plug. <laughs> I plugged your show on your show. I know. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's like it's a great plug, but at the same time, the only people that are going to hear it are the people that were already listening. <laughs> but I appreciate yeah. any promotion. I so know. <laughs> I know. I don't know, man. I listen to everything. I I, I love coffee radio, like the coffee uh, set dish network. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um. XM Radio, Coffee House, Coffee House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that channel. I love '80s music. '80s New Wave is my that's my jam. '80s gets such a bad rap. It really, really does because it was so dominated by like hair metal and shit like that. But when you really think about like some of the bands yep. that really, really flourished in there, like bands that I love, that most people really do like, that's when The Cure and The Smiths. <laughs> Uh, and you know that's this when you know uh, the the Chili Peppers really started kind of getting going. Yeah, I mean those are I mean all the and like for me a lot of it is like the Cure and the Smith, Faith No More. Yeah, like those are ones that really got the '80s gets a lot of bad shit because of what was popular in terms of what was projected as '80s music. But there's a lot of really good good '80s music, yes. especially British New Wave. When you think about that, do you do you have an all time favorite like '80s song? It would most likely be a Depeche Mode song. Uh, who eighties? Uh, you know what? I'll 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 go one better. Depeche Mode's too easy because even though Depeche Mode's one of those, Depeche Mode's kind of like Queen when that Bohemian Rhapsody movie came out. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, I'm not really into Queen. Like, yeah, you are. You just don't know that it's a Queen song. You love two Queen songs. You just don't know they're about Queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have a couple goofy eighties ones. De Depeche Mode for sure. I, I think they are just off the charts. Yeah. That's my. That's the one I think that's on my list that I have not seen live that I would love to. Yeah, is I would I would spend four hours listening to Depeche Mode live wherever anywhere. Um, but I have a lot of like goofy ones like uh, that uh, Cutting Crew song. I just died in your arms. I still love to this day. Yeah, um, I think that song is so good. It's so good. <laughs> you know, one of my. One of my all-time faves, and I've I've said so 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 morbid to say, but I say like play this at my like funeral service or like the celebration of my life. I want this is "Melt with You" by Modern oh, English. Yeah, it's a great song. It's just like it's just the perfect. I just 
the the 80s were like songs like that in the 80s was riddled with one hit amazing one hit wonders mm-hmm. you know so many so many great songs i mean so so so, so many, many. I, like, if you and, listen to any song any song on the soundtracks of like like the brat pack <laughs> right. like breakfast club and yeah. pretty in pink those are just bangers beginning to end. They're great, great, great songs that I just love. I think that the, mu- the music made the offensive nature of so many 80s movies tolerable. Tolerable, very. <laughs> we just did. We, we, we didn't know. It's amazing. We just didn't know. When you My, sit down and you watch some of this stuff, like in like in 16 Candles, just some of the some of the subject matter. And that some would of, never go by now. Some of the words, <laughs> some of the language that they use. And I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, it's it's... Everything. I just watched Top Gun, 1986 Top Gun, yeah. for the, uh, about two or three weeks ago. There, are, And I watched it with my wife because she'd never seen it before because we mm-hmm. wanted to see the new one. But I was like, but you got to see the original if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And uh, there is shit in that movie so many times where my wife during the movie would like hit stop and be like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, it was 1986. Right, right. And that was my answer to a lot of things that happened. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, in 1986, if you went up to a girl in a bar and she spurned your advances, you would follow her into the bathroom and try to fuck her there. <laughs> because that is a thing that happened in Top Gun. <laughs> oh, my God. And everyone was just like, classic Maverick. Right. Oh, my God. So persistent. <laughs> everyone else, would, you do that now, they're like, what the fuck am I, I watching? I know. This is more Dahmer than it is Maverick. For me, like, there's the moments, like, I don't know. There's moments like um, where in 16 Candles, there's that whole dialogue that they have about the Trans Am. Oh. And I'm like, I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not even going to repeat it because it's stupid. But I'll that's, post it later. That's what I'm talking well, Okay. Well, the girl, she's talking about, she's like, uh, <laughs> she's like, a, uh, she's like, and what did you expect to get in your, what did you expect to get for your 16th birthday? Uh, a, a, a Trans Am in your driveway and she's like or something and the other girl's like oh uh, uh, she's like no a, a pink one or whatever she's like, she's like wait a black trans a black guy or I don't know I, that was the worst ever that I just explained the story but no, I felt um, like I was there <laughs> regardless is that they were trying to make it seem like dating a black guy was like this <gasps> like it was so taboo and I was just like oh my god like that, every time I watched it I'm like even for the 80s yeah. like was it that serious like come on and i had a lot of like i i went back like why why was this being portrayed like that was it really that and i just missed it it was that taboo yeah i guess i'm just like my god were we this ignorant and then she also calls the guy you know an f-bomb on the on the bus and i hate you know the use of that word but you know so Oh, that was seventy percent of eighties dialogue. I know. Yeah. Was homophobia. in high school movies. Yeah. Was homophobia. Now, go back and watch. I I don't watch it anymore just because I. There's just so many other, but like if you go back and watch Friends, like in the nineties, mm-hmm. the amount of times like Chandler and Ross and Joey would make like, "Oh, you're so gay," like I'm like, "Wow, I don't think I ever noticed this stuff before." But now yeah. you're just like. The show would never fucking air now. <laughs> this is why, like, my so called, let me remember my so called life from the I 90s. Do, yeah. I don't know if we touched Another on this. Another Jared Leto callback. <laughs> Jared, listen, my so called life, if you want to know who Anthony Cavada is, <laughs> watch my so called life. I might call this episode the Jared Leto of Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that, please, because I just do that. My so called life, <laughs> that's fine. Um, uh, like, my so called life spoke to me in so many ways 
in so and like on so many levels at such a young age it was such a it was such a it was such a wonderful show if any show deserves a reboot it was this one because they had one season one season and it got canceled because abc said that it was just it touched on too many negative issues you know too many accurate things and it was like we were talking about drugs and alcohol in high school we were talking about guns gun violence in high schools before it was a thing this is before columbine this was in 94 um uh, homophobia bullying uh ricky getting kicked out of his house because he was gay like there were so many important things being discussed and they it just went to show what it did was it showed that when a real example of what life is actually ha- was a- is about got shown to the public, like it was just people didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to see it. It's a weird shift because of where we are now, uh, where something like that, like like in television, what you exact whatever whoever didn't want people to be uncomfortable. And now I feel like the only thing that gets shown is things that make me uncomfortable. Correct. It's almost like, well, and, and not that particular topic is what, and I don't mean that. What I no, mean is I feel like general. everything it's it, even everything is like the news. Everything is just like sensational. Let's give you the worst fucking thing that happened. And then that's it. The shift was to go from making everybody feel that they, what they want life to be like, versus what it actually is yes and that was that's where that's that was where reality tv i think shifted our perspectives on that stuff you know? completely so, agree yeah yeah i know we talked about like the the friends thing the uh i'm glad we've moved on to some better television uh yeah i just wrapped up Dahmer. Yeah. Real oh you watched all of it oh yeah dude fuck I didn't see. Okay, we're gonna. You know, and I remember that, like when I was younger, like when all that came out. Yeah. Like when they found him in Milwaukee and all this shit. Yeah. That was that was so bonkers. So where was he from again? So I think he was from Wisconsin because he kind of spoke stupid. And he committed all <laughs> these crimes. But he lived near where I grew up for like years, like in like like he was he lived in I think Bath. And I'm from Akron, so that's like a offshoot of, of Akron. Yeah, I was a counselor at, at CYO Camp Christopher. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so like that was, it's frightening how many people that famous for good or bad reasons are actually from Bath, the Akron area. <laughs> Just like, like Trent Reznor lived in Ravenna for yeah. like a long time. Halle Berry was, where was she from? I think she went to Regina. I think you're right. For some reason. She's so beautiful. Good people. Oh, Anyone that's just like, who's the most beautiful person on the planet? I'm just like, did Halle Berry die? <laughs> then it's her. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, she's yeah I did. I did just finish the uh, the Dahmer. It's a, uh, that's why well, I think I asked you about the, the, the Gucci thing. The Dahmer thing is a Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Uh, yeah because so much of, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, so much of Netflix is just Ryan Murphy stuff. And, uh. I've really come to like really dig a lot of the shows that he's done mm-hmm. uh, in the, the the coming years, but I'll tell you what, that was a fucking hard watch. <laughs> yeah, there's some dark shit in that. I yeah, I mean, I like I said, we were watching it last night and then before before bed, and I was like, uh, let's just watch an episode of Shit's Creek just for like a palate cleanse yeah, before we go you gotta to sleep. Write that shit. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have some <laughs> twisted dreams, and I'm I'm good. Yeah, that one's rough. It's yeah. a uh, it's a it's a. Man, I can't imagine what that had been like had uh, this occurred. Well, I don't know. Honestly, you can make the argument it wouldn't be as bad. 
Right. Because we're just so used to with all the access to information. This might just be another piece of the news cycle. Right. Who knows? It's just that was insane. a nightmare when that shit came out. Insanity. Yes. So you were fortunate. You well, I was fortunate enough to, for you to agree to play a song here today because you actually didn't get to do that last time you were here. But the last time you were here again, we were more focused on the acting side because you were closing it, out your your run at Rent. I was yes, and so here we are. So do you have a do you have one picked out? I do. Yeah, I could sing. I was gonna do. Well, hold on. Let, let, I want to talk about the song first. Okay. Like so. So what? Let's talk about the one that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Tell me like the the name. The name of the song is Ain't It Funny, and it is about, (laughs) it's about an ex reaching out to you and trying to get you to reconsider everything, and you being like, ain't it funny that you want that now, because weren't you the one that, like, bailed on the situation? So basically me in my 20s, okay. Yeah, and actually wrote, (laughs) I actually initially wrote this song in my 20s. I released it a few years ago, so. That's fuck. Well, that kind of goes back to what we talked about yeah. earlier about, yeah. you know, you release a certain amount of songs, but you kind of not necessarily give up, but you're not going to release so many more. I mean, how many pieces of songs do you have? Right. Millions. I mean, literally hundreds. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I never want to blame anybody for my lack of productivity for a while, but there was a well, while. Well, if you had to, who would it be? My, one of First my and last name. <laughs> one of my exes <laughs> we were just you know you were in love and we were i just got lazy and that that's what i love about my current relationship with my partner marcos is that he is so uh he's so emphatic about me maintaining my productivity with my music and my arts and everything i do because he wants me to accomplish these dreams you know and so just like i want him to accomplish his dreams so it's very that and uh, but yeah, with this specific relationship, there was just a lot of things weren't there was a, there was no productivity. They weren't very supportive in there, like me doing gigs and me going out there and playing. And you know, sometimes I wonder if it was envy. It, you know, I'm it's strange. I'm not really sure. Uh, and sometimes I look back at that situation and I'm like, ah, well, you know, why couldn't they? Why couldn't they be more supportive? But. So this song is about that. Yeah. That's a young versus, I don't want to say old, but a young versus mature relationship. Yeah. Everyone's had that relationship that you you kind of, like when you're younger and you just drown in and everything kind of stops. For yeah. whatever reason, you're infatuated with them. You know, it's just, you're just really, really, really into them and everything kind of like you cut off all their relationships, not even willingly or not even knowingly. You just don't realize, no, I'm doing whatever they do. And a lot of that stops. When you're in a mature relationship, like you mentioned with Marcos, I think, you know, it's a relationship, obviously, where they're invested in you, but they also want you to keep doing things for their own and your own sanity. Like, you know, you and I are are more mature adults, you know, we're, we're ish. <laughs> but you know we're, we're we're past where it's cute where you're sleeping on you know friends couches like you know you got to do something with yourself right you know? like or if you go to your fr- like sometimes i'll i'll like i still have a few like i have a few friends that are in their 20s and i'll go to their places and they have like no furniture oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like oh this is cute when you hit 30, I remember this. When you hit 30, I mean, not me, honestly, not me. I've always had a nice setup, and like, I don't know if it was just like my mom and dad and the way I was raised, but 
you like I had a lot of friends that had no furniture. So like yeah. I remember going to a lot of friends' houses and like they had nothing and nothing in the fridge and nothing like <laughs> like and I'd be like, What is it happening here? Like, oh yeah, man, I mean it's cool. It's you wanna smoke a bowl? Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah. <laughs> just, like, they like, always no chairs, but they always they had always weed. Had weed always. <laughs> And I'm like, sure. Never had a fork, but those fuckers <laughs> always had weed. Oh my god, dude. No, yeah. I remember that. I remember even like the first place, like first house I bought. I was like 26. And uh Wow, you bought your first house at 26? Yeah. Go yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my uh But that was it. That was the extent of my adult knowledge. The first thing I bought was a TV. I had nothing to sit on. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what am I, an asshole? I have to have a TV. That makes sense. But I had nothing to sit on to watch the TV. I was like laying on towels for... But I bought a house. <laughs> yeah, got a house. I'm just going to fill it with fucking TVs. Who needs oh beds God. and forks and shit? Yeah, but that's really, really fun. But yeah, that is a, that's a yum. But I think most people can relate to that because everyone's been in that situation where you drowned in it whether you knew it or not. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's funny. Cool. Well, definitely. Let's cool. get you set up, man. I want to hear All this. All right. All right, ready. Here, here we go. All right, I'm excited for this, buddy. He's ready. Let's do it. Go when you're ready. Okay. This is this is ain't it funny? It's available now, the pop version online. Here we go.
You know, it's funny because I've obviously seen you sing and heard you sing, but it's again just live. It's just, it's just, it's different. I was actually legit wondering, like, right before all this, like before the song, before everything, like, just gave a bunch of pizza and beer. I wonder if uh, this is exactly how artists perform, like, right before, like, all right, no, let me get some pizza dough, let me get some carbs, right. let me get a couple beers. And then she I'm like, yeah, he's carbs. an artist. He knows right. how to do. He yeah, can fight yeah. through this. It's carbs for Christ's sake. Carbs. That was a beautiful song. Thank you. It really, really was. Thank you. That's uh yeah, I never get tired of that. I Ain't never funny. ever do. Um you know, I just it's uh I think maybe you're the fifth person that's performed here now. Oh. It's just something where I I just kinda started asking people to do it because I kinda wanted to see how it would go. And it went great. And that was another one, another example. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just the way he lays. He looks like a torpedo. They just look like little. You need like, did you ever? I think I need. Yes, he has a very odd build. You have to take a picture of those legs and post it on your page. He looks like what like cartoon turkeys look like, where those two like just kind of stick. The drumsticks. I'm gonna get get both you in this one. (laughs) Yes, they look like they just look like little. Yeah, they look like you know how like they like little white wrapping around legs on chickens and shit. Yeah, like in cartoons. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's what they look. like. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I love it. So you wrote that. You said, well, you kind of started it years ago. Years. Years. I mean, this was a relationship. This was in your 20s. So this is maybe three years ago. Sure. Nice. Okay. You're sweet. You're welcome. Thank you for that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's again, that that's another amazing thing that people like me, you know, not songwriter. Like, I think a lot of people think like, if a song doesn't work, it's gone. And then you hear somebody that that re, almost, mm-hmm. in a way, revived something yeah. that was X amount of years ago to turn it into something because maybe just something just hit different. It turns into that. That's amazing. Well, you know what? Actually, when you listen to the, that version, this, that that song's on iTunes and everything, Spotify, all the above. Um, but it's the pop version, so the the version that's released is is more. Um, it's got like it's got a beat to it. It's got a nice eight hundred eight on it, and it's got a good. Uh, but we kept some of the, you know, we kept the guitar influences and stuff. We didn't take that out. And Goshan did a really great job producing that song. So check it out. I mean, it's on Spotify. I'm super proud of it. I love it very much. I, you know, I've actually had a lot of people listen to that song, and they say that it's a strange mix between like pop, EDM, country, and like soul. <laughs> which I'm like country and soul mixed together. That's interesting. But um, I've heard a lot of different feedback. So check it out. 
well, you know, it's. I think people read into it. What again? Back to people that are uh, uh, that are absorbing music versus people that are. Well, uh, well, let me ask you. What do you hear when you like? What style do you think that is? I know you mentioned a little bit pop, but that's a different version, though. I think acoustic. So, like that right there. What do you hear? I would call acoustic soul. Yeah. Okay. I think personally, I, I would say soul. I don't hear country at all. Uh, yeah. No, me neither. But I feel like anytime you see a person with a guitar, people tend to lump you somewhere that they like think, oh, guitar, country. You got acoustic guitar, country. It's like fair. Yeah. All right. No, not necessarily. But okay, whatever. I don't take that as an insult. Because I get, like, people liken me to um dude from Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, what's his name? Ruck, Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, that's a compliment. That's not, that's not a bad thing. He's an amazing singer and he's, you know, so, like, acoustic guitar and a singer. Okay, cool. So, you want to, so, like, that, <laughs> that type of vibe. I just, if you can, th- I mean, quite frankly, it's still one of my favorite songs. If you can... Th- in terms of like letter cry, is there? I mean, that's an amazingly yeah. beautifully written song. Absolutely, that's a great, great song. I think he's even said, like, if that's a song I remember for, I'm cool with that. Yeah, because that's a it's a beautiful song. Uh, that's it though. I don't. So like yeah, any, I don't like any of those. So uh, <laughs> not a hootie fan. Um, other, but I love that song. Is on my phone and I listen to it a lot. It's really good. Oh, but I don't know. I don't hear. I don't hear country. I understand what you're saying about that though. I definitely hear soul, um, not really folk at all, but I can see pop, uh, pop, I guess. But also, I guess it depends on your definition of pop. Yeah, and you your know, definition and of folk. Like some people, are, again, a guitar folk. It's like, oh, uh, you're a guitar singer, true. you're a folk singer. It, like, I think as soon as it's whenever it's a stripped down acoustic version, you just get, it just gets lumped into am folk I singing or, or fucking indie or kumbaya, something. Like that. Kumbaya, I mean, no, I'm cool with indie. I'm cool with indie Same. till the cows come home. You want to call me an indie artist? That's you damn right. I don't give it. Absolutely. I love being an indie artist. I don't artist. view you as an indie artist, and, 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 and not because I even know what the definition of an indie artist is. Um, I just don't. I, I do hear more pop, for sure. Um, and I don't know. I, I just... I. I don't know. It's almost the same as like kind of anything else. It's just my opinion. Sure. And I kind of don't even really care what it's called. I just dig it or I don't. Yeah. You know, like you're an all over the place music listener, correct? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I have hip hop, metal, acoustic. I love just everything. I just do alternative. Like I I still think some of the best shows I've ever seen, I think would be ones that maybe people just down the street. I remember uh, the Winchester down the street. I saw Greg Laswell mm-hmm. and it's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. And there was maybe 40 people there. Yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, and then I saw down the street again, Lakewood high school, Chris Cornell. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. that actually was the best show I ever saw. Yeah. Which my favorite, uh, my favorite show I've ever seen was city in color. I don't know if you know who city in color is, but Dallas Green has a band called City and Color, and it's color spent spelled the Canadian way. And uh, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> color for those of us not Canadian, it was C L L O U R. Oh, like Living Color, the City band Living Color. color. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. All right, um, I haven't been Canadian for my some time. favorite. I mean, literally, City and Color. If you've not heard City and Color, dude, you're gonna love. I mean. I, I don't, but I'll, I'll check it out. As soon you're as gonna go. love it. I can't explain the level of obsession. Um, 
I mean, from his first record all the way to where we are now, like everything. He actually, Pink noticed him and was like, he's an amazing singer and an amazing artist and I want to make a record with him. So Pink reached out to him, this indie singer, and was like, hey, will you do a record with me? And so they did an album called You Plus Me and they sold it like coffee house at like Starbucks and Starbucks and stuff for a few years. And um, it's a great record. I have that too. And I love Pink as well. She's fucking amazing. Um, But... So yeah, City and Color is definitely like one of my biggest inspirations, and he's just like that soul rock. Uh, I don't think there's any pop in there, but but soul rock, uh, just amazing songwriter, amazing guitar player. He also was in a band called Alexis on Fire. Oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah. Then my okay, he's he sings in that. He's a guitar player and he sings. He sings all the pretty stuff. Like whenever there's pretty stuff, he sings that. So Dallas Green. Um, so yeah, that's the best show I ever went to. And then Ani DeFranco, of course, is always amazing anytime I see her live. So, um, yeah, that's there, but those, both of them to me are indie artists. And like with my most current, like the EP that I'm working on, it's definitely leaning more in a rock vein. I'm going more like, I would say Paramore is a huge inspiration, inspiration for me. Uh, I love Haley Williams and I love what they do. I think they're amazing. Or really Haley Williams has an amazing voice. Amazing. And uh, so the, like this record is going to be more of like what you heard on Don't Shut the Door. I think there's a pop rock vibe to that. So it's going to be more of that. Yeah. Do you struggle with uh, um, finding new music? Like new music that you dig? No, college radio is always great for okay. me. 88.3, The Sting, Baldwin Wallace College Radio, I've been listening to forever, and I still listen to it. I think college radio is good for finding new music. Uh, if you want to like know what's up and coming, you know, getting played on college radio, I think is a huge compliment. I've been played on some college radio, and I'm like, if the kids... I sound old, but if, if, the, the, kids. if the kids are into it, is I this mean, what the kids are into now? If the kids are into, into Cavato, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, I got played a couple times, but I, I wouldn't, I don't know, I don't know. Hopefully, someday, I, more, more often. Um, but hey, I think that's cool. I had one college song, radio is a step. I had one song, two songs played on ninety-one point three of the summit like 21, 20 years ago. Yeah, and I still tell people about it, and they don't even ask. <laughs> that's a fucking huge accomplishment. I think I was man. on the summit as well. Actually, I think that was like one of the ones. Yeah, that's great. Um, that was a couple years ago, and dude, it's just college radio. You want to know what's up and coming? You want to find new music? You want to hear indie music? You're not going to listen to. No offense, Clear Channel, but you're not going to hear shit on Clear Channel that's new. You're not going to hear your, that's like up and coming new artists. You're going to hear the same top forty. Agreed. That has been spoon-fed to the American public, because that's what we do, and I'd love to make that top 40 someday. But, but, but like, honestly, like, so if you want to find out what's, like, really being listened to underground, I mean, college radio is where it's at. So, one of the things that I've always thought about, I think probably more in, like, the last, like, five, six, seven years, and this is, like, from a movie and a music standpoint, mm-hmm. Streaming social media is obviously hugely helpful for people who, you know, when you think about like uh, getting signed to a label 20 years ago as a a musical artist, that is something, or even throw comics in here. 
that is something that you're just like that's the that that's the road that's the route that's what you wanted yeah but you don't need that anymore yeah because of social media youtube and and streaming you don't need that anymore but the other aspect of that is because of that there's so much and it's it, it is it do you think it's good do you think it's bad do you think it's a blend of both the evolution or? of the music industry yes um, my, Almost like in terms of like the collapse of the music industry, sure. like when Napster hit, arguably the collapse of it, but then the reemergence with kind of like self-starting artists that can do these things themselves now. I think that Ani DeFranco was a huge, uh, she did it first, man. She did it first before like all these, all these pop, these rappers and everybody, they all have their own record labels now. Um, Ani DeFranco started this. She told the music industry, she told MTV. In like the 90s. In the 90s. <laughs> yeah. In 94, 93, when like her and Tori Amos were like good friends. My cousin Carrie is going to kill me because Carrie is a huge Tori Amos fan. Carrie, I love you, but I'm going to spill the tea on Tori and, Ka- and, and Tori Ani. Such a Tori Amos fan, too. Ani, okay, so there is a lot of uh, rumors about how this all went down. But, like, Ani DeFranco and Tori Amos supposedly, allegedly, were, like, really close friends or something like that. And um, Ani was, like, basically, like, being approached by all these music labels, these record labels, uh, out of nowhere. Because she started to get, like, a lot of, by working her way around touring and going and playing New York City, playing around, playing gigs, 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 making all this money, doing her thing. The music industry started to take notice. And so all of a sudden, they were all coming after her. Like MTV was like, why don't you come and do a show? And uh, the record record labels were approaching her. And she was like, no, go fuck yourself. Like, I'm not going to give you most of my money. Um, So Ani decided to start her own record label and do it her own way, do it independently. And still to this day, Righteous Babe Records is like one of the most profit, probably profitable record labels. Uh, and she's one of the wealthiest non-signed artists like in American music history because she did not sign to a label. She gets to keep all of her money. And so that was a big F you to the industry. So artists like her were not affected by how that the, sure. the, the, the collapse of the music industry. But Tori, the, the thing with Tori and her is like, it's like a separate thing. Cause Tori apparently like called Ani and like was complaining about the industry. And Ani wrote the song called Napoleon, which you can look up where she basically told Tori, like, how dare you call me and complain? I have it. It's on my phone. I love it. Right. That song. Supposedly, it's Ani talking to Tori Amos. Yeah. Um, and my cousin is like, she's going to kick my ass because she's I just care. like. I, I, love the, I love that story because I'm actually, I am a fan of both. In fact, <laughs> we were talking about like artists kind of promoting other artists. Like you were talking about, it's it's okay. His thing. He's about to go to bed at 7.30. Um, but uh, you talking about like, uh, like, like Pink bringing up this other artist. I, I find other artists through artists. Yeah. So like I found Tori Amos through Tool. I see. Because uh so Tori Amos is a song Muhammad my friend and uh she did a live version of it where she brought Maynard from Tool on stage to perform it with her. I knew a little bit about Tori Amos for sure. Yeah. But the live version of this with the two of them doing this together was beautiful and then I dove into Tori Amos and I started finding all these other songs. Yeah. Same thing with Ani DeFranco. I said I just started diving in from other artists. Yeah. And uh, Ani DeFranco almost has like the, nearly has like the rabid, maybe not as grand, but as rabid as Grateful Dead and Fish. Yeah. I, I think that she does. You're correct. 
like very very much yeah uh, aside from just being a, a fantastic artist that she's i mean if there's a group of more dedicated fans point them <laughs> the fuck out man i know right? they love her especially being like a like a like a dude like yeah. <laughs> going, and like ani put out this documentary called render and uh where she kind of goes on into this like little tangent about she doesn't like people to sing along with her at her concerts when she's playing because <laughs> she said that uh, she, i'm not like a this land is your land kind of writer she's like because woody did that first and first and best uh you know but she just she's like and i've been to a lot of her shows and she just she doesn't mind when some people sing along i think it's when the people are screaming the lyrics like right in her face and it's or and i and i hear it and it's valid the thing she was saying is like it's like an echo she's like have you ever had a long distance conversation with someone overseas where there's like an echo on the line that's yeah. very that's what it is when you're on stage and you're singing it's what it sounds like when you're on stage yeah yeah, like so, like if I ever do a cover of something that everybody knows, and they're singing it back to me, it can get very distracting, and it can actually throw you off your rhythm and just mess up the whole song. So it's not yeah. like, yeah, okay, we all want you to sing along, we want you to enjoy the show, but I'm not gonna lie, sometimes that that is annoying. So it was really cool to have an art, artist say that. Um, so yeah, but, uh, anyway, the, the, the music industry has definitely evolved. I have a cousin who owns a record label in Toronto and he's a multi-Juno award-winning record producer. He produces mo mostly house and dance music. His name's Nick Fiorucci. And he, he, you know, coming from his perspective, he started off as like one of the original DJs on much music and he's done. Oh, much music. Yeah. He's <laughs> Nick, Nick Fiorucci is a super successful he owns a record label called high bias records and he actually released my first single um here without you back in 2012 and um you know we we he's an awesome I'm, i look up to him a lot you know he never spoon he never handed me anything he was always like if you want something you're gonna work for it and our music styles are so different so there's really it's limited but he kind of showed me what it is with this evolution of the music industry and how uh you know it's more about playing shows nowadays. You know, you want to make money in this industry. It's you not have to. Sales. Yeah. You have to have a following enough to book good good gigs and get yourself paid, and that's how you do it. It's not necessarily. I mean, short of, short of. I mean, when you're giving away streams, streams are basically a fraction of a cent. So you're like my music's being my my music is already being played all over the world. And you look at my Spotify report; it shows me. All over, all over the world, in Africa, in Sweden, in China, Germany, I mean, Ukraine even, was like, they were spinning my music last year. How much money do you think I got for that? Like, fractions of a cent. Like, <laughs> nothing. Um, so it's really about getting enough of a following to get bookings to make money. And that, that's, and, and until you become an artist like Pink or Kelly Clarkson, and then you're getting all so many, like millions. It, it's a different know. deal though. Yeah. yeah that that yeah. is like, I, I, I understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Because now, and I think that might be the downside of the ability to grab so much music. Yeah. Like for me, when I find a music, it's, it's a television show or a movie. Cause I don't like, I have four or five kind of bands that I just kind of follow always when they put something else, I check it out no matter what. But new, it's something that I'll just I'll be like watching a show or a movie, and I'll hear a song in the background. I'm like, I want to check that yeah. out. That's how I find stuff. Yeah. Or if like a recommendation from someone that I know or a band that I like or trust or anything like that. 
But yeah, the, yeah, then you start getting into pink, then it's different because there's rights attached to everything that mm-hmm. is hers. Plus, she's, so. yeah, they, they heavily invested, you know, and so they, they, the return on investment, like they, they will, pro, they will profit in so many ways from deals and like loaning the songs to, to different TV shows. Like to get your show, song on a show is, that's great. That's, that's, that's a great opportunity. Plus, it's pink. Let's, I mean, yeah. Pink was one of the ones like back in the day, like she was, she was one of the first artists I was afraid to tell people I was into. Like she had so many songs that I just fucking dug. Not me, man. I was proud. I mean, but I'm like a big. Well, old you're way more secure than I am. I'm not. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just not. Like same thing. Like it took me like 20 years to admit that I loved like like a big part of Madonna's di- like catalog. <laughs> like I just do, but Donna's like first like like ten years. I'm just like Jesus Christ, is that good? Why are we ignoring this? Right, right. <laughs> so good. Ah, oh, good old days. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I I only I only wonder about that because in terms of like the, the access because the access is great. I mean, who who like you mentioned all those different countries? Who doesn't want their music played there? Yeah. You know, thirty years ago. Your music was only played on the three blocks in the right, live. Right, right, th- that's right. it. Or you if know? you had enough money to make enough CDs, which most people to send didn't. them out there, and most people didn't. Right, and you exactly know? like myself as an artist back then, I probably would have not been able to have spins all over the place and do the stuff like. But now I'm like, you know, I'm 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 able to do my thing and work with artists from all over the world and talk to people and network and do the things, man. So it's there's good and bad to it. For sure. I think there was a point where the music industry was like, what the hell are we going to do? Oh, they didn't, yeah. They didn't know how to counter, yeah. But now, artists, the artists themselves took it back. And we're like, you know what? Following in footsteps of like, Ani DeFranco. Well, the artists are the music industry now, which that that wasn't the case. Right, it was the suits. 20, 25 years ago. The artists weren't the, the artists were the product of the record industry, but now the artists are the record industry. Right. So we've talked a couple times about collaborations. So live, dead, local, international. Who are your... You could do three collaborations. Who would they be? Anybody. Wow. I love Kelly Clarkson. I do. I love her. And I think we would have some great... We would make great music. I think Kelly's work is so versatile and it's, 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 she writes her own stuff and she's like in that perfect mix of co- rock and country and soul and pop and rock you know, and theater even. And so I would say Kelly would be one. Dallas green would be another from city and color. You know, what? Uh, to the Kelly Clarkson thing, you want to talk about someone that stand the test of time. I never thought you'd still be talking about Kelly Clarkson after American idol this far down the line. Oh gosh. Yeah. That yeah. girl just, Dug her feet and was like, "You're gonna be into me no matter what." She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna love She's great. me." <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Hudson too. Um, yeah. Uh, Kelly Clarkson, lover, and I love her so much. And just like I've always just had a thing. And my ex was like super, super, super crazy obsessed, like obsessed with her. Um, it was kind of cute though, <laughs> but yeah. it's fine. We all have our things, and um, and. Uh, and uh, I would say uh, Sarah Bareilles, who I actually got to meet and like hang out with. I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. Sarah Bareilles, 
I'm not gonna write you a love song. Oh, never mind. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do. The waitress, know. the artist that she wrote and produced, um, waitress the musical. I I didn't know her name. It's so funny that you, that you bring that up because Does your wife like her. We we Most women both do. do. Oh, we it's both a, do, but you didn't know who she was. Well, I did. I knew. I knew the work. I didn't know the name. Get your shit together, Carol. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I knew the work. I didn't know the name. And it's funny you bring because uh, um, right before COVID, probably like four years ago, um, my wife, my wife found this uh, this deal on Playoff Square where we got like six, you know, six musical shows for a frighteningly low price. And, and you we went to see Waitress. It. It's my favorite one that I've ever seen. I think you told me that, and I I was actually there. The when they started the national tour of Waitress a couple years ago, I went on a date, and with a lovely person, and <laughs> <laughs> they were a little older, and <laughs> they happened to be the hair designer for the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So he he did like all of the the wigs and everything, and he was from he's from London. And he's, very nice man. And he was like, oh, I'd love to take you out to see the show. Would you like to come with me? And I said, oh, You're good at accents, by the way. I we were talking about bad accents. You. You're fucking sorry. said, All right. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, it comes and goes. It's all right. Um, but <laughs> You're so he... good at English accents, man. <laughs> <laughs> all mine turned out Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? Oh my god! But anyway, he took me there, and then like Sarah Bareilles, and then he took me backstage, and Sarah Bareilles was just standing there, and I'm like, ah! like literally, and, like fangirled, hundred percent. And then we like hung out. We went to their cast party across the street at some restaurant, um, and Sarah was sitting across the table from me, and I was staring at her. <laughs> And then I went up to her and I was like, um, your song Basket Case is like one of my all-time favorite songs. And I just want you to know, and literally, dude, she's just looking at me like, so tell me about you. Like, literally. She, oh, I thought she was going to be like, can you get me more bread? <laughs> she no. She was just, no, I mean, literally, we were, she entered, we hung out, we talked and everything, but. She just, she's like so selfless. Like she didn't want to talk about herself, man. Like, and I thought that was so cute. I, I, I honestly, I, it's, I've told mo multiple people this over the last like couple of years. Like when we bought all those, like I'd only seen like maybe three, like I've seen Spring Awakening. I'd seen a dream play, Playoff Square. I saw the Book of Mormon. And then we saw those six or seven, whatever shows. Waitress was the first one we saw. And I loved it. Like yeah. we walked out, and my wife was like, "What did you think?" Because she was like, "I don't know if you, I'm like I thought it was fucking fantastic." And everyone we saw after that, I was like, "It wasn't as good as Waitress. Waitress was the still the best one I've ever seen." Oh, good. I was I really, really impressed with Great. the acting, the singing, every bit of it. Mm -hmm. I liked a lot of them. Um, you know, I thought that uh, I thought Hamilton was good, but also honestly. I was like, everyone can calm the fuck down. And honestly, I think it was one of those things. It's just been built up way too much. Mm, I'm on the fence. I'm di I, di I disagree. I didn't, and th no, not bad. I didn't think it was bad. I thought no, it was good. Yeah. My sister doesn't like it. My sister watched. She's like, I only got, to, she's like, I, she doesn't, she's like, I don't like rap. And I was like, it's not all rap. I, like, 
eventually it gets to the part where they start to do the singing and stuff. It's it's so. I mean, my God, it's just especially when you get to anything with Renee Elise Goldsberry when she's doing Satisfied or she's doing, um, you know, the the sad song, you know. Um, what the hell? You know, there are moments that the words yeah. don't reach. That I thought really it was sad. all very good. I I I I I don't mean that Sobbing. I didn't like it. I thought it was good. I really did. But I just didn't think it was even close to being as good as Waitress. And then we saw uh the humans good. Um the only one that was really bad was the uh was it the 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 Phantom of the Opera sequel, Love Never Dies? Mm-hmm. That was a pile mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. Even me as a not, I was just like, this is fucking, we left at intermission. Dude. And oh, no. I thought, honestly, I thought it was just us. There were people in line getting drinks going, this is bad, right? Like, everyone was like, this is stupid. Was it bad performance or just the show in general? The show, the whole thing. I, I just, I didn't, I just, I couldn't get it. It Unlike every other thing, whether you can say like, oh, you're not into musicals. I wasn't super into musicals when I saw a bunch of those shows, but I liked the shows and the performances. But the love never dies. I was like, I am bored out of my fucking mind. I do you want to go to Fuddruckers? Yeah. Anywhere else in the world, I want to go. I don't want to be here. <laughs> it was just bad. I don't know. And I, I honestly, I'm not a performer actor. Me, I, I, so I can't pinpoint what it was. The whole thing, I was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And my wife, we didn't have to talk about it. She's like. Good. I don't want to be here either. And we left. <laughs> Let's go. It was one of those moments. Where'd you guys go then after that? Did you go eat? I, anywhere else. I, I, we went to a bar. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. Like Parnell. It's always the, the best. And those and that and le- like when you end up leaving or doing something like that where you go somewhere and it's like not what you wanted or expected, then you go somewhere else. It's like the everything by comparison. It's like I'm having Better. the best time. Also, I'm like, dressed up. <laughs> I look fabulous. We are fabulous. I still have a martini. I I'm think feeling we fancy. decided that too. I was like, I'm not wasting this button-down shirt <laughs> on this shit. We're exactly. going somewhere. I know, right? Yeah, totally. It's so good. But that's just what it was. You know? And I'm but, usually like a big proponent of like stay the course, watch the whole show. But I mean, if you're like boring that, if it's boring, I, you that I am much, too. I very much am. Yeah. Especially like movies. If I'm like 40 minutes into a movie, I'm like, this is terrible. I'm like, well, what the fuck? I'm this far in. I'm this invested. Yeah. But that, yeah. I was like, I'm fine tapping out, man. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it is what it is. But Good it is, times. Yeah. So, next couple months, weeks, year, yeah. whatever. What, what, what do you got? I, I'm I, I, very excited about the stuff that you do just because you're always doing something. Yeah. You know? And you also seem like you're almost like a, a shark, like you can't stop swimming, <laughs> like yeah. or you'll die. <laughs> you know, you just I, I think that even on the days where you feel like you're not doing anything, you're doing something anyway. So Correct. what what does I know you got a lot of releases coming up. You got a lot out now. Uh-huh. What do you want to do? What is coming up? Like, like, like what's next? So the, the goal, the goal for me was to start to record um, and release all these songs. I was going to. Uh, do an EP, which I do plan to still do, but I think that the, the plan changed a little from doing the whole EP to just to what I'm going to do is I'm going to release a few singles uh, and just keep going on the singles and then with the collaborations and then um, and then from that point then start to also start to write for my EP 
while filming the movie, fil- you know, meet the movie. And then, you know, maybe, you know, I see it, like, maybe I'll see, like, a play in my future again soon. Um, I, I just started, like, uh, working, and so I have some, but I do have some gigs lined up. Um, I'm playing at uh, the the 5 o'clock with uh, Darling Waste and Messmaker, who's Michael McFarland, um, on December 16th. And uh, I have a show, Don't Tell Greta, in Columbus coming up, and that's not confirmed in terms of date, So that'll, but that'll be coming up, um, which is at District West in Columbus. And, uh, and then I have uh, a couple other, uh, just gigs, gigs, gigs. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what I can do. Hopefully, maybe bright winter this winter. I'll put you out there. Hopefully. I'll uh, put you out there. We'll see. And, uh, you know. We got some we got some gigs, so just focus on the album, play the gigs, and uh, but I've definitely spaced them out because I don't want to like this summer. I was overwhelmed. I think the last time I was here, I was like saying like I'm so kind of overwhelmed with like my 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 schedule. Like I had a week after rent, I literally had eight weeks of every weekend. I had at least one gig. Well, performing and creating that's that's balancing. Yeah, because you're also I don't feel like you're like. All right, I have like eight songs. I'm gonna ride that out for ten months. You don't seem like that kind of guy. I didn't used. I maybe used to be uh, when I was younger. When I when I came to a, I guess maybe a writer's block period, um, but uh, not anymore, man. I'm striking. I'm gonna keep going. Hey, and that's I'm gonna awesome. I think the more content you put out, could not agree more. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, best I, of Cleveland. Hey, uh, for my realm content is king i'm not saying that just keep putting out anything but i'm weekly and i gotta stay weekly like there there are too many podcasts for me i can't do this once a month people forget about you move on rightfully so gotta stay in front of everybody yeah it's a great show i love i love it thanks for i appreciate having me back oh dude you're always welcome back here i appreciate you coming back in yeah quickly becoming a good friend so i love it huge friends in fact don't you ever instagram me again we're swapping numbers when we're done here okay all right, cool. Well, thanks for coming in, bud. Again, I really do appreciate it, man. And thanks for playing. The song was beautiful. My, um, my, I appreciate it. And we, uh, all the artists and everybody that you have on your show, like we, we thank you. It's because of people like you that we can get uh, exposure. And so, thanks. And it's because of people like you that anyone even listens. <laughs> so thank you. Salute. Appreciate it, bud.